This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, I'm sitting with Craig Van Battenberg, CEO of Automotive Career Development Center, ACDC, and a former repair shop owner with an update on the pulse of the industry and his business from his perspective. Is it possible ACDC is the last existing brick-and-mortar building that operates strictly for training technicians Monday through Friday? Well, take a seat next to me and tune in to our lively discussion as it relates to everything hybrid and EV. Hey, thanks to our partners Apex and Shopware for providing this episode. You know, I bet we all know a shop owner, service advisor, or technician who has truly gone above and beyond in 2022. Well, now it's time to nominate them for the third annual Apex Service and Repair Awards. Now, please don't wait. Think this through. Get ready. Nominations are due August 31st. Go to aapexshow.com slash service awards. Do it now. If you want to earn customers' trust, show them their worn brake pads rather than telling them about them. Well, when you take them under the hoist via photos and videos, they can't deny that their need for repair. Get it all at GetShopware.com. I am so honored to have my friend Craig Van Battenberg, ACDC, Automotive Career Development Center, and former repair shop owner, motorcycle. I mean, you know, you've been on the show. We've heard your history. Deb's always on with you, but now she's kind of retired and doing some other stuff. Boy, 49 years now of uh, being in the business? I guess so. You know, it's funny. My father had a used car lot in Ogden, Utah, where I grew up, which is why I don't park my car by Harvard Yard, by the way. And at eight years old, I remember him taking the fan shroud out of an old Cadillac, like a 50s, and picking me up and putting me down in between the front bumper and the water pump, gave me some tools to take off the water pump on this car. I'm like eight. So I don't know, does that, does that apply? I didn't get paid. But the DNA is good. On my father's side, everybody is either a carpenter or a mechanic. On my mother's side, my grandfather, born in Washington, D.C., was an electric car mechanic in 1902. And his first job, he dropped out of school like in the fifth grade. His first job was to get a team of horses, go out to these electric cars and tow them back in because they went further than their 30-mile range on their lead-acid batteries. So I think I've got the DNA. Yeah, you do. You know, when I think of you being dropped in where that shroud was on the Cadillac, you were deep in it, baby, deep in it. I guess so. (laughs) I also realized I really don't like water pumps on V8 engines. That's a whole other story. Everything's bolted to it. Like, everything's bolted to these bolts. Completely another story. Well, you know, I've been thinking about the world as it's changing, and I'm seeing commercials for these new models for EVs coming out and what's going on in the hybrid world. And I said, you know what? Instead of me reading stuff, instead of me thinking on my own, I need to get somebody like Craig in here and, you know, shackle me up, tell me what's going on, what's new at ACDC. So if you hang out to my listener and just kind of sit by the fire and listen, you're going to learn an awful lot today. From both of us, I'm sure. So the Ford hat, we have two trainers, three now, that come in and help us teach this class called Up Your Voltage. Because when you think about it, how could I keep up with everything going on? It's just too much stuff. So Matt LaMontagne goes out and buys a Mach-E, Mustang Mach-E. I'll be teaching that class at NACAT coming up in August. The new Ford stuff, the Mach-E, of course, their new electric truck, the Lightning. There is a lot happening, and it's impossible for us or anyone to keep track of everything. So we've got three more people. They're all technicians that work in shops, either own them or the sons of owners that work with us, thank God. 
and keep bringing that information back to our classrooms and back to me so we can keep up because it's happening very quickly. You just said probably one of the most biggest and important few words it, that's it's impossible to keep up. And it doesn't matter if it's EVs, hybrids, plug-in hybrids, or where we stand with, you know, ICE engines. If you think about some of the people in the industry that aren't going to training, that aren't doing online, that aren't reading, they're getting left behind quicker than ever. And we've seen this before. This plays itself out over and over in this industry. And I I think I understand why. You get a little older. The passion's gone for the car. It's a job. And you see this monumental task in front of you. And I'm of the age where it was electronic ignition, right, or fuel injection. And people dropped out. But you know what happens? The young people come in. And I realize we don't have enough. I mean, we're hiring right now. Everybody's looking for somebody, right? But we have this new product. So during COVID, we had to shut down. We're not an essential business. So I'm sitting in my old repair shop, which we're about 1,200 square feet here. But right upstairs, there's stairs you can't see, is another 4,000 square feet. And I've leased that out to a body shop for the last 12 years. But they found a new home. They're leaving in a month or two. We're already starting the renovations. So we're expanding to about 5,000 square feet. We have 40 hydroelectric cars in the parking lot out here, 16 or 17 different ones. And for me, the exciting news, we're also in the moped, um, scooter, and electric motorcycle business, having just purchased my second very fast electric motorcycle called a Zero made out in California. I started in this business with motorcycles. I may end up with motorcycles, who knows? But there's so much happening out there from class eight trucks to the step vans you name it, it's there. And every single manufacturer, including Rolls-Royce, is going EV. Everyone. F1, just, I'm a big F1 fan. And it's a Dutchman winning in a Honda engine. So that's, you know, I made my living with Hondas and I'm a Dutchman. So who could not want to watch Max Verstappen? But at any rate, what's happening there is, I think at 26, F1 will be carbon neutral fuels and zero carbon transportation to go around the world. It's a fascinating time. It's a totally fascinating time because we can still use internal combustion. We have to use carbon neutral fuel. Nothing inside the ground is pumped out again or hydrogen, which is possible. The issue of course is it'll be a rich man's sport because hydrogen or synthetic fuels are 12 to $15 per gallon. I just charged up my electric motorcycle, went out Western Mass, about 100 miles of range, stopped and charged it up, and I got 25 miles of range for 68 cents, right, as I stopped and get a sandwich, just to put some more range in it. Now, the motorcycle gets 200 miles per gallon equivalent. So you're looking at 32 cents a gallon for electricity on my motorcycle versus five bucks for high test. This is not even the same league. You're so well connected. What's the longest range EV that's been built or to be built? It's like a gas car. If you gave me your automobile, a little old man, let's put it that way, I could probably get 25% better fuel economy just driving better, whether it's gas, diesel, or electric. But the stated ranges right now are hovering around 500 miles. Now, what about us up here in the Northeast or in the, anywhere where, where it's cold? Is that going to drop? How big is it going to drop? It does. Society of Automotive Engineers, I joined in the 90s. I thought you need to be an engineer. Just need 95 bucks a year, they'll take anybody. So I've been a member of SAE forever because there's good stuff there. And they wrote an article, an editorial actually, about a year and a half ago. It called, I think it was called Frozen Toes that talked about exactly your question. What about the range in Michigan where SAE is? And they had this 
car that they drove around. They didn't understand the heating system. So I've never done this. I wrote a letter to the editor to them, not criticize them, to say, you forgot about this thing called a heat pump, air conditioner that heats your car. So if you go back to SAE, I think get on a website, they get their magazine, I think it's free. You'll see an article I wrote a year and a half ago about a heat pump. So we just bought a new, well, not brand new, a Kia Nero. We bought it new in 2019, which now makes it an antique, right? It's three years old. But that's our first heat pump. And a fellow came over from England, Ian Fletcher. Ian Fletcher lives in London, and he is an AC person that does mobile tech on electric AC systems, including electronics. He came in a couple of days early on my request to do a class with us. I said, take my Kia Nero, please, and examine this entire car because they did something new. The whole thing with heat pumps is take your air conditioner and then reverse the valve so that your your evaporator, which gets cold, is now in the front of the car. And the condenser that gets hot is inside the car. It's really it's just easy technology to do, but you can heat your car with your air conditioner. The issue is when it gets to about 30 degrees Fahrenheit, it doesn't work very well. So there's been four advancements already. Pumps came out in automobiles in 2013. That's less than 10 years. Four advancements just to make sure your heat pump will work at colder and colder temperatures. To answer your question, if you have a old-fashioned heating system in an electric car, it basically heats up hot water and pushes it through your heater core, you can use, lose 40% of your range. That's huge. A heat pump is more on the lines of 20%, but there's more. Eventually, and I think they're working on it now, if you can insulate the cabin of your electric car, the headliner so the sun doesn't warm it and the cold can't get out, and in the doors and where you put your feet and even the windows, now you've got like a house, an insulated house. If you plug your car in and set the temperature for whatever you want, let's say 70F, I think in metric that's about 17C. If you set that there and then you go out in the morning and it's already preconditioned to that 15 Celsius and you drive away, there's been a lot of studies. I have about 20 miles of driving before I need to turn the heat or air conditioner on. That's the next step because we're going to go electric whether we like it or not. Range is the issue. Charging times is the issue. It's the only issue. Costs have come down. Reliability is dead on. Side impact now on electric cars, much safer than anything else because the battery is protecting you because it's so huge and it goes from one door seal to the other. The advantages we forgot about. The tire industry loves them because you burn up your tires twice as fast. There's so much torque. You're always electrifying it a little bit. I guess we'll call it the go pedal. I'm going. <laughs> How do you change all these terms? And so there's lots of interesting, and there's a downside, there's an upside. There always is to every technology. But I think we're, some of the downside is getting better. It'll never be a gas engine. It's going to be different. Hey, Carm here. Now, I bet we all know a shop owner, service advisor, or technician who has truly gone above and beyond in 2022 and who represents the best of the best. Now it's time to nominate them for the third annual Apex Service and Repair Awards. Now, these awards will recognize a shop owner of the year, service advisor of the year, and technician of the year. An independent panel of shop owners will select the award recipients based on their commitment to training, as well as community, charitable, and industry involvement. Apex will honor and celebrate the award winners during the opening keynote address at Apex 2022 in November in Las Vegas. Hey, don't wait. Nominations are due by August 31st. To nominate your outstanding industry leader, go to aapexshow.com slash service awards. Now, I know you know an outstanding shop owner, service advisor, or technician who's gone above and beyond this year. aapexshow.com slash service awards. Hey, aren't you tired of being tired after a crazy day at the shop? 
Take the frustration out of your work by speeding up the processes that bog you down. Start a repair order based on a can job. Check. Order parts from a menu that includes every supplier within seconds. Check. Now send all that information with photos or videos to a customer via a live chat on their phone. What? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Check that box. Get an approval faster than ever so you don't tie up a bay for hours. Check. Hey, it gets even better. Once they see the summary of work they need, next time they ask you to fix one or two more items today. Boom, that bill goes up and you make more. Then, get this, they pay you on their phone before they even pick up their car. This could be your life, my friend. Talk to my friends at GetShopware.com. We recently did a show and someone, we put up a, a BMW engine and then we put up an electric engine and we basically chatted about what work will there be for our industry when EVs start becoming mainstream? And again, I don't know if it's five years, if it's 10 years, if it's 20 years, what are we going to be able to really repair? If you go to my website, www.fixfixev.com. There's a lot of articles I've written. I'll, I'll summarize one I wrote. It's in a time capsule right now in some college in Florida. And it's written for the Automotive Service Association's magazine, Auto Inc. It was 30 years in the future. So I wrote this in 2018. 30 years in the future, here's what a shop looks like. It looks like a car wash. And there's cars lined up that drove themselves over. They'll come over if you have good coffee. No, let me stop you for a minute. You told that story on a podcast that we did. And I've repeated that to people so many times, but I'd love to hear it again. It's four years. I haven't changed my mind. In fact, if anything, we've enhanced the story. So there's a company in Barcelona, and the owner does electric motor rebuilding for like paper mills and ski lifts, huge stuff. He came here right in this building where we are right now, just one-on-one -on -one for a couple of days a few years back because he wants to hop up electric cars. He rebuilt staters and rotors. He does, he's a really cool guy. His name is Mark Cologne from Barcelona, owns the company. So he told me about something made in Finland, which I didn't know about. It's a small sensor the size of your thumbnail that you glue on the bearing race of the bearing on a wheel bearing, any bearing at all. Because if you think about it, a ski lift cannot afford to have a motor seize up when you're going up the mountain at 600 feet elevation. This is the market now. So these little, these little sensors are Bluetooth. They know the temperature and vibration of electric motor bearing. We also know the current going in and much time it's been on. So if you take these four pieces of data and you put it up in the cloud and every bearing on every electric car, on everything that moves and spins, which is not that many, is reported up in the cloud for that model worldwide. When these cars drive themselves to the car wash and the owner comes because the coffee's good and, and Karma or Craig is a really a fun person, so they want to visit with us, which they probably will. My shop of the future, right? Yeah. And now the car just elevates slightly. So the wheels are off the ground. By the way, you still have potholes in Massachusetts. You still have curb damage. You still, you still they're not going to rebuild every road. Let's be honest. We're going to have the crappy infrastructure that we have all over the world. Some places better than others. There'll still be things, to, there'll be things to fix for sure. Autonomous vehicles, maybe car accidents go away. Maybe they don't. That's a bridge too far for me. I don't know how we ever get there completely. At any rate, so you have your journeymen, your early technicians that hopefully have a license by then. And they walk in the shop without buying any tools because that's a distraction from getting people in. We need to stop asking technicians for tools. That's very, very old school. Have them come in. And they're just walking alongside the car that's going two or three miles an hour, maybe less. They're doing the things you still have to do. Check tire pressure, assuming we still have air and tires. But they're just looking at big data. 
And you're going to notice that maybe the right front wheel bearing is probably loose based on that information from the sensor. And they will, sure enough, it's loose. They still have wheel bearings. So the drive line will be pretty good. The batteries will last a long time. The propulsion system will be awesome. It's still a car. The glove box doesn't close. My door handle broke. My wiper streak. I mean, we're not going to recha- We're not going to change everything. How about tie rods? I mean, how about the whole suspension piece? So as I, as these cars exit the the car wash, there's going to be too much time to rack a car in a lift and then take it and back it out again. That that's way too time consuming. These will be very short things. Cabin air filter. Check a few things. If everything's fine, off it goes. Owner's happy, but these cars have to be streaming through. We did a study here at Van Battenberg's Garage when I fixed Hondas. We hired a consultant that came in. I said, how many customers do I need, good customers, to keep one technician busy for 50 months, give a couple weeks vacation? We needed 1,500 loyal customers. Okay, some of my customers are loyal, some aren't. Maybe 2,000 would be a better number. I had six bays, and so we had three really good techs and a chassis dyno, so that tied up a bay. We farmed out our alignments. We farmed out air conditioning because I'm in the Northeast. I had worked on Hondas, front ends are pretty tight. So we made sure we were doing what we were good at and we subletted a lot of work. I thought the customers wouldn't like that. They could care less. They drop it off and I bring it down to Morris and get an AC fixed or Bravo and get an alignment done. They don't care. If you don't start farming out your work and do what your strengths is, Becky Witt always says, go for your strengths. Always go for your strengths. Don't go for your weakness. It's good advice. So the shop has it. There's a repair shop. So after these cars go through in 2048 and they need work, they go into a shop that looks like a shop. And that shop is more modern. The bays are really long. If you have to drop the battery, which is the size of a small Volkswagen, it's going to weigh 2,000 pounds or less, a bit less. That has to be on a rolling dolly that goes ahead of the car and sits there while you're doing your work. It'll be in the way of things. and They have to be swapped out eventually. We're still in business. The issue is, though, that 2,000 customers I needed for that technician, now I need 8,000 customers for that technician. We've got about 800,000, depending on what you look at, 800 or 900,000 technicians in the United States go 30 years in the future. Now, maybe 25 years or 20 years in the future, we'll need half that many. But you know what? Half that many are ready to retire right now. So if we're lucky, and I think we'll be lucky, I think we'll be fine. The ones who don't want to be here will be gone. The ones who want to retire, as they should, should retire. And young geeks, my employees are geeks, all of them. They're all college students. Electrical engineering, mechanical engineering students are my entire staff here. They last three or four years, they move on. We need one really, really good technician. I can't do all the training anymore. So we're looking for one full-time, but I'm not going to hire from the industry because I'm not here to steal any customers, any text from my customers. So we're looking outside the industry for that person. I think we can find them. Thank you so much for laying out, you know, the future think is very much exactly what you talked about the last time we got together. So what do you do? How do you keep up with everything, Craig? Well, first I work too much, <laughs> but I don't know anybody in my generation that didn't have a strong work ethic. You know, we just do. And I understand why the younger generation does not want to work this hard. I totally get that. But I have a summer place in the Berkshires. I don't have, my phone doesn't work. I don't have internet. I go escape, my escape pod. Very helpful during COVID. I have a terrific wife who really supports me at home a lot, Deb, who did retire, but she's on a project-based thing. So she's actually will come in and do projects for us because she's so good. She knows everything about the company. Deb's one of my favorite persons to talk to. I'm missing her. We invited her, but she has something going on. Yeah, it's a lot going on in her life. And we know we're grandparents. And then I'm, off, I'm flying off to Australia. So I just purchased a bed to sleep all the way to Sydney to do classes over there. A fellow by the name of Jerry Marston will be our ACDC trainer in Sydney. We just have Mike Bailey up in Canada doing our work as of like last week. I can't do it all. 
it's impossible. So we have a lot of intellectual property. People are coming here for a week's worth of training. I already know them. I trust them. There's a little contract to sign. Take everything I have, go back and teach it. Because the floodgates are open, it's impossible. And it always has been impossible for ACDC to be everything to everyone. It's never going to happen. But we have a lot of good information, and we're more than happy to share it. And we're not going to get rich on this, and no one's going to get rich, but we'll do fine. So that the plan going forward is to take all my material, all my proprietary stuff, get the right people in. Mark Weller is our West Coast fellow. He's out in Southern California. He's already in, in with us. So, and people don't know this because we're not making big announcements. It's their business. You now they wear an ACDC shirt if they want to. And we've always grown organically. Right now the floodgates are open. You ask me how I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Like a little time off, but I don't see it right away. We're expanding the building. We're bringing in new employees. We're doing these train the trainers. So I'm working a lot, but that's nothing new. If you ran a repair shop for 26 years, which I did, you're used to this. This is what you do. You get up early, you go to bed late. If you're the owner and a technician, you're at nine o'clock at night, you're in the shop diagnosing cars with sticky notes on the windshield. So technicians come in and, and get a head start on, everybody's buried with work. It's almost like it's about time. You may be five minutes late to try to expand the way you are by putting your intellectual property out uh, in the street. Well, we had to wait until I felt it was good enough. During COVID, we were shut down for 18 months. It cost me about 150 grand out of my savings account, but we had the money. We own everything. So I was a very mature business. We'd saved a lot of money and we just spent all that money, but now we're getting the money back. It's just money, right? It comes and goes. At any rate, so we're buying a Tesla because that's very important. We have a lot of people that want that. We have a new program for colleges called ESP, Education Support Program. And that was our focus during COVID. We now have a new book. I'll just pick it up here. This is 500 pages, every word written by me, every picture, everything in this book is ours. Every scope pattern, every bit of it. This was about five years in the making, but about two years of concentration. And we have 10 copies here. We're doing our last. And we already pre-sold hundreds of these things. They'll be starting to ship out next week. So that gave us what I felt now a good platform to feel that we can take other people, bring them in, get them ready, because a lot of it was just up here. And that's not helpful. If I don't write it down and really document it carefully and put the training material together, what I know is useless if I end this planet a little earlier than I planned. So we knew that this was important and we got that done. A tremendous amount of effort. What are you planning, 95 maybe? My age to retire? Well, you know, talking about DNA and my grandparents on both sides way into their late 80s and 90s. And that was before medicine was around. You know, it's funny. I'll probably retire in a pine box. I've been thinking so much because you and I are both on the downside of, you know, we're not looking, we're not 25 looking up where we are looking down. And I have the same thing. The DNA is I got grandparents in the 90s. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. There's a guy named Keith Sokola, who's an American Indian. One of our customers is the Navajo Nation. And I grew up in Utah, so I've been around Indian reservations a lot. And Keith Sokola sings a song called Indian Cars, K-A-R-S. Listen to that music, because at the end of it, part of the lyric says, I'm not getting older, I'm just getting younger. Indian Cars. Great song. Been around since 1980. I will tell you this. When shop owners come in here that are 50s, 60s, maybe 70s. Every time they leave this, I'm so glad I came to your class, Craig. I'm excited about the business again because people don't like change, hate electric cars, but technicians are scientists. That's who we are. We learn science, logic, and reason. You cannot fix a car without science, logic, and reason. 
And when you learn how efficient electric cars, they drive my electric cars. I won't let them get on my motorcycle just yet. It's too new. When they take electric car for a ride, and now we're getting a Tesla that they've never driven before. They come back with a smile on their face. They go, okay, I'm in. I'm in. This is not even talking about climate change, which we do a climate change class every time now. Because there's still some misinterpretations, unfortunately, about what's going on with the climate and why CO2 is a problem. And the only thing we can do with CO2 is either use synthetic fuels that are too expensive, hydrogen, which we don't have enough of, or electric cars. Those are our only options. Electric cars are out, 30000 bucks. Buy one and go. Look, at everybody talks about Tesla, 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 Tesla. Obviously, you're probably going to do Tesla training. You're buying a Tesla. But what's the allure or the issue on getting parts? What can you help us understand about Tesla? Well, let me tell you why I haven't taught Tesla. Now, we're in Massachusetts. Right to repair has been passed twice. So in 2014, I had all the information I needed to start rolling it out. I thought about it as a shop owner. Can I teach a shop owner how to fix a Tesla when they can't get a scan tool, can't get the information, parts or retail, and if they made one little mistake, which we always happens, we've disabled the car. We'll do something on a car, we disable it. Oh crap, I didn't know that. We get our scan tool out, we clear the codes and it runs. No scan tool. So the only reason why we're getting into this, one, it's demand, but Tesla has now allowed the aftermarket to get a scan tool. About $4,000 a year, a little bit less. A cable you can make or buy, a laptop. So we're buying one because we don't know what we're Tesla's, what do we know? So we're buying one to learn. We don't expect to roll the Tesla training out until next year. We'll have one probably in two weeks. But business is good, so we've got the money set aside. I'm just looking for the right one. Either a Model S or a Model 3. We're not sure yet. They're, it's a little bit different. We already have Tesla parts, so we have a whole battery pack for one, a whole bunch of stuff we've been collecting. If the aftermarket couldn't make money on it, I wasn't going to teach it. I don't want to put water on drowning man. That's never nice. And as a shop owner, I have to be able to justify the expense of coming here. It's $1,000 a day. Every day you're here. It includes everything, hotel and all that stuff. That's a lot of money. If you're going to make that kind of investment, have your technician leave for a week. It's two weeks now for up your voltage. Two weeks. You're gone for two weeks. If you're going to do that, there must be a business case to spend $10,000 here and have to pay a technician for two weeks, invest what might be $20,000. Then you need equipment. That's $30,000. How am I going to make that back? Matt LaMontagne did a bunch of training with us. Now he's one of our trainers. He does 51% market in hybrids and EVs in Lawrence, Massachusetts, which is not a very uppity town here in Massachusetts, unbelievable. I can give you so many examples of how many shops have decided to get into it, some of which 15 years ago, some 20 years ago, been around hybrids here for 22 years, and some recently. Fellow, fellow just joined our qualified shop program, that's for shops, and I called him on the phone just to see how he's doing. He's new, I'm not getting any business. I said, what are you advertising? I won't mention the brand. He said, we have this company I advertise. I said, well, they're generic. I explained to him, I said, you need to do your own advertising, get a car, come up with a name. Let's just say they were in Sanford, Connecticut, if they're not. So you go Sanford hybrids or Sanford EVs, buy all the domain names, get yourself a Tesla and put Sanford EV repairs and your name, drive around town, have a website. And so it'll be Sanford EVs powered by Joe's Automotive. That's not my idea. That's Matt Overbeck in Cincinnati, Ohio. If he hasn't been on your show, he needs to be. Matt Overbeck, Cincinnati, Ohio, came up with this idea 15 years ago after he trained with us to come up with Cincinnati hybrids powered by Overbeck Automotive. I think his car count is 30 or 40 percent EVs in Cincinnati. That's like almost Kentucky. No offense, Kentucky. It's just not a hybrid place. But he's got business from 60 miles around. We were a Honda specialty company in Worcester. We had people from Maine and Vermont, Rhode Island coming to our shop because we could fix a Honda nobody could fix. 
period. We're expanding the building because we're limited to six students. Now with 5,000 square feet, we'll have 10 students, still relatively small. With 10 students and the cars we have, we'll have at least two of the same car on everything. So we split the class in half and instruct for each person. You can learn this stuff. By the way, I spoke yesterday to Andy Fiffick from uh, Rad Air in Cleveland, and he's talking all about you. And he's talking about sending one of his young guys right out of school. It was either Matt or Andrea. And he said he, he came back. And you talk about an energized and fired up young man. And he says it was such a great thing for him to invest that kind of money in youth, in our young people. You have to invest in people. As a shop owner, we had a little clause in our employee manual that when you started working at Van Batten Rouge, we would deduct, I think back then, $50 a week out of your paycheck, put it in an account. You'd get the interest before Christmas every year. And I think we had a limit of $3,000. And what would happen is when you went to any training, you signed an agreement with me, the owner, that said if I stay employed two years after this class is over, you're paying for the class, Craig. If I leave right after I trained you, you're going to pay me back for that training. I think every shop needs to do that. Isn't what you do tough love? I don't know. Maybe because that's who my father was. You know, everything relates back to how you're raised. My father was a World War II vet, Korea. You didn't give Raymond Van Battenberg any crap. There's no doubt about that. You, you, you knew you were in trouble. <laughs> so you're going to Australia, and uh, you're going there for a couple of reasons, I'm sure. Are you giving a keynote? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's funny. When I book a class somewhere, I take all my notes, I get all my PowerPoints in a little folder on my laptop. Then about a week before I, I prep, that way I can focus on the moment. But it's a big event. We were supposed to be there in 2020. It's been canceled twice. And Gary Marsons did a lot of training with us. He's building a brand new shop in Sydney for electric EV restorations, conversions, and repairs. I know him very well. So he'll be our EV trainer. I'll probably, I'm going to have to go back again, maybe next year. So I'm going to an event called VASA. It's basically an air conditioning event. I'm also going just as winter starting, I think. So I'm going to wear some warm clothes. It's a long way away. But, you know, we, we did some classes recently in Hawaii. We've got more classes booked. We're going to head, head up to Finland. The whole world needs training, and the whole world knows about us. And I don't mind traveling. In fact, Deb and I almost always go. She didn't want to go on this particular trip because we're renovating some rooms in our house, and she wanted to stick around. I'm proud of you. I mean, you know, it, it's taken a little bit, but it, it's almost like it took COVID to say, I'm, I'm going to do this book, and we're going to reinvent ourselves. Also, it became clear to me that traveling all the time is not healthy for me or anyone. But I've been on the road almost, I closed my shop in January of 2004 and I sold it, a 10-year lease option to buy. But nine years into this, the fellow backed out to get my shop back. So my office has a toolbox and a lift in it. Now, who wouldn't want an office with a toolbox and a lift? That shelf right behind you. Go find something that you absolutely love and tell me about it. Yeah, look at this. He's pulling out a case. <laughs> I love this. When you try to teach somebody... What's going on when their car won't charge? You need a breakout box. So, you know, like any, we have a breakout box for the OBD2 connector. Well, guess what? Nobody makes a breakout box. They don't make it. So if you don't have it, you're going to invent your own. This is an ACDC exclusive. So you go over, you plug this into the car, just like you normally would. And then over here, you plug the charger back in called an EVSC, electric vehicle. You plug it in there. And now we've got ports. So we sell this. It comes with a little manual on how to use it with scope patterns, what are normal. 
And we just sold this to Harley Davidson R&D in Arizona because there's not even an R&D center that we know of that has something like this. Tell me how you said, hey, we need to do this. Uh, I know I can get the plug that plugs in. So here's the deal. We have a Nissan Leaf. We have many electric cars. The Nissan Leaf stopped charging on a 200 volt side. So there's level one, 120, 220 is level two, and then there's fast charging. Just stopped charging on level two. Hmm, that's weird. It broke one of our cars. So we went looking on the internet. I want to get a breakout box so I could watch the 12 volt signals that tell the computer and the, the charger and everybody to communicate. And there wasn't one. Just a, it's a small example of lots of things we've built. So we have a lot of one-offs here. This one became, we were just teaching with it, and then we had a school said so we want one for training. So now we're building these things as fast as we can. But who's building them for you? We are. Another example. So our Chevy Volt has a battery. That weighs about 500 pounds, roughly. I'm rounding this off a bit. And so we bought a special lift fixture from GM for a couple grand, and then we built a little lift table for it to do 500 volts. Then we bought the Nissan Leaf. That's 800 volts. I had to get a new lift table and buy another, uh, they call it a fixture that it sits on. Now I have the Kia, well, we really released a Chevy Bolt, B-O-L-T, the electric Chevy. And that battery was 1,000 pounds. We got another lift table. Now we own a Kia Nero. That's 1,200 pounds. The Tesla's going to be a 1,500 pounds. Okay, enough's enough here. So we're now ordering lift tables. We're trying to find some for 2,500 pounds commercially. We have to modify them a little bit. And then we're building a lift fixture that will fit everything. Because a shop, if you're going to take the, electric, the battery out of an electric car that weighs what a Honda Civic used to weigh in 1974, everybody has their own lift fixture and their own table. This is not going to work for the aftermarket. Now, we can't build everything here. So I'm teaming up with a company in Charlton, two towns down, to do the building for us. So we, we had two meetings it's kind of a little industrial factory place. Actually, old hippies have it. It's really kind of an interesting thing. They can do this for us. I'm on a couple of new committees. We're now working with the state of Virginia to get high school students trained to fix DC charging stations because 38% of chargers that we go to don't work. Let's talk about education, Craig. You've got this beautiful new book. That book should almost become part of some of the, the college courses. Well, that, it was designed for that. Uh, but it's interesting that you can only use the book if you're part of our program. We sometimes drive a hard bargain. So if you're a college professor, you can just pick from any book you want, e-books, printed books, whatever. So this book can only be used in a classroom if you have exactly what you need to teach with. And we give you a long list. And if a school, if school has nothing, they do automotive, but they have nothing hybrid, about $150,000. Never spend any of it here. Go get whatever you want. I don't care. You need to have this, these exact cars. This exact equipment, a lot of safety stuff. Usually when you buy a book, there's a teacher's manual that comes with it. The teacher's manual is the class. So part of getting involved with ESP, Education Support Program, is getting a commitment from administration to spend about $20,000 a year on your education every year for 10 years because the transition's happening now. You can't use our book in the classroom or you're breaking our copyright unless you're part of the program. Nothing against any other book. The books, a lot of books are great. But there's nothing to go with the book. You get the book. This book comes with the PowerPoints that match the pictures in the book. The test questions are up online. Use the ones that you want. It's a complete program. What I didn't see coming is I, because we've been working on this for five years, is our first, one of our first big customers, the city of Boston. Madison Park Technical High School is the only technical high school in Boston, almost 800,000 people. And Janet Wu is the new mayor who's putting $1.2 billion in the school system in Boston. We're 38 miles away. They bought into it. They've already paid me. That's great. But they ordered all the cars. Now we just became a used car lot. 
because there's so much money out there to do this, and I understand I didn't see it coming. If you were going to go buy everything you need, there's so many POs. It's such a difficult process for a school. They write one PO for me for 150000 bucks. Now I need to send you four automobiles, all the parts from those automobiles, the lift. And this is what's happening here. It's a good thing we're expanding. You're delivering a complete package. And the reason why we're doing it is international. The book is everything is in metric and English. It's written for a world audience. The charging plug in the book also is the European one besides the American one. The whole world needs this. This I think you could find out from your viewers if this is true. I can think of many, many training centers that were purpose built just to do training. They didn't fix cars. They did training. It's possible that ACDC at 24 Well Street in Worcester, Massachusetts, is the only existing brick and mortar building in the United States of America that operates from 8.30 to 5, Monday through Friday, no nights, no weekends, strictly for training technicians. It's possible we're the last remaining one. If that's true, that's pretty sad. But I think there's some other shop owners out there that are feeling the need for training. For example, let's just say about ADAS. There's a lot of shop owners that have gotten into ADAS and they have built training centers within their facilities to teach it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. But too much training is nights and weekends. I respect technicians way too much to ask them to take the time away from their families and come in after work. I think that's disrespecting your employees, quite frankly. If it's $1,000 a day or if it's it's $300 for a night class, the fact of the matter is there's going to be more knowledge transfer during the day than ever at night. If you get my business card, it has the CMAT, L1, L3, AMAM, and then it says DMM at the end. People say, what's DMM? That's Doctor of Moving Metal. Right across the street, two blocks from here is UMass Medical Center. Half my customers at Van Batten Bourgeois were in the medical field. I learned from them how doctors perform. Now, given I can keep your car overnight and it doesn't die. When I rebuilt Dr. Braverman's engine, I tried to equate it as the heart when I was working on his Lexus that he blew an engine up in somehow or another. And he said, Craig, you know what I do for a living? I said, no. He says, I'm a heart surgeon. The difference between you rebuilding an engine and me rebuilding an engine is I can't shut mine off. So I stopped using that as an analogy. It's good up to a point unless there's a surgeon in front of you that does heart repair. Well, this was great. Thank you so much for your insights. I love Craig Talk so fast. You have no choice but to keep up and listen and learn. And when you thank me for my insights, you're talking about my Honda insights outside the building, which is how I got started. Oh, not those insights. Yeah, the stuff upstairs uh, underneath all that hair. Fun fact, October 15th, 1999, I bought a Honda Insight before it was even the United States. That's how this whole thing started. Stupid little aluminum car. Hey, say hello to Deb. Thank you so much. Craig Van Battenberg, CEO of the Automotive Career Development Center. And you probably get their emails, ACDC, the most cleverest acronym that connects with the company. I love it. All right, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 